What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavaliers Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Blazing the Path, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, The Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. That was by far the most fun Wizards game to watch this season. Um, that was definitely the craziest game that the Wizards played this season. Uh, they ended up winning 130-128 to 128 against the Nuggets on a Bradley Beal um, two made free throws from Beal with 0.1 seconds left on the clock. Um, so I want to go through like just what happened over the last minute of the game because it was absolutely crazy. So um, with about one minute left, Michael Porter Jr. took a really, really bad like fade away. Like his legs were inset at all. His feet were flailing. Like it, it was bad. A 28 foot three point shot, and he missed badly. Um, so and then coming back down, um, the Wizards ran. A play for Bradley Beal. He got into lane. He shot a floater. And Jamichael Green made a really, really good play and helped defense to block the shot. Um, on the defense rebound, Jamal Murray got the ball, dribbled down the court. And it was like a two-on-three. And the Wizards players were going to protect the rim like as you normally should in transition. But then after you protect the rim, the next step is to guard the guy with the ball. And the Nuggets were down three. Really good recognition from Murray to just pull it out and shoot a corner three. Or not a uh, three from the left wing. And he nailed that one. Um, and that force was called timeout. The game was tied. Um, so after that, um, the Wizards ran. So out of the timeout, um, I mean, I gotta look at my notes. Um, so the Wizards ran a pistol action for Bradley Beal. They waited till like 14 seconds left on the shot clock to get into their action. So I don't remember. I think it was Rui saying the down screen and then Beal coming off the Russell Westbrook handoff. And then um, after the handoff, Beal came off a high pick and roll with Robin Lopez. But Beal got blitzed. Um, so he passed the ball to Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez thought about putting up that hook shot, but he saw Bertans open from three. Um, he, gave, he kicked it out to Bertans and Bertans got fouled on the three by Jamichael Green. 
Um, Bertans would end up hitting all three free throws. Bertans was absolutely unbelievable tonight. Um, and then that pushed the lead to three points with eight seconds left. Um, so then on the inbound play, after the timeout, um, with Mike Malone drew up uh, one of the plays that he loves to run where Jokic gets the ball like near the elbow and then Jamal Murray just sprints up from the baseline. He comes off a, a like kind of like a dribble handoff, but also it kind of acts as like a pin down. So like a dribble handoff pin down type thing to get a shot. Um, and that was designed for him to get a three. But Russell Westbrook pretty smartly fouled Nikola Jokic while he was setting the screen. So then the Nuggets got the ball again. Um, and then this um, after this play, they called another timeout. So then in the ATO, they just had um, Nikola Jokic setting a pin down for um, Jamal Murray. Uh, Jamal Murray just dribbled, like took like three or four dribbles. Um, what you really want to do when you're up three is foul, so then they don't get a chance to shoot. Rui was guarding Jamal Murray, um, and he didn't foul, which was a huge mistake. And <laughs> Jamal Murray made a ridiculously deep, it was like a 30-foot three-point shot, um, and he made it. Uh, all credit to him. He made the shot. It tied it up at 128 with two seconds left. Made the game super exciting. So then out of that timeout, um, the Wizards ran a play that's pretty popular in the NBA. Where um, So Bradley Beal set a back screen, and then he came off a pin down um, to coming towards the side, like where the ball is. He got the ball. Um, he faced up to the basket, and um, I don't remember. I think it was Jokic was closing out really hard to him. And then Bradley Beal was smart enough to know that there's two seconds left on the clock, so he just drove right by him, um, got to the lane, um, and then got fouled by Jermichael Green with 0.1 seconds left and won the game at the free throw line. Um, so, yeah, super exciting game from the Wizards. Um, I guess there's another play that I want to talk about in the game that I had written down in my notes was that um, Hammer said that the Wizards love to run, and, like, it didn't work. Um, teams at this point have scouted that pretty well, where uh, Westbrook starts with the ball, um, he passes it to the opposite wing. The opposite wing passes it back, and as it's going on, Beal just comes off a hammer set from whoever's in that uh, strong side corner, and that play didn't work. And then right after that, as the Wizards were... So the Wizards were weaking a lot of Jamal Murray pick and rolls, which just forcing him left. Um, so then the way that the Nuggets countered that was just having... Um, after the they weaked the first pick and roll, they would have Jokic rescreen to the other side, so then uh, Murray can come off... Um, Come actually come off to his left hand and get a really good screen set. And he got a wide open three out of that. Um, and that was a pretty bad sequence overall for the Wizards. Um, but it was a good counter and then just a miscommunication on the rescreen, uh, which is always hard to guard when teams go to that um, kind of like chess match type of thing. Um, but it is something that's common. So you do have to do better in that situation. Um, I want to see if I had anything else written down late in the game. Okay, no. Okay, so I'm definitely want to go through the box score because it is pretty crazy. Um, first of all, I have to talk about who do I have to who do I want to talk about first? Bretons set a Wizards record with 35 points off the bench, plus 10 on the night, and a two point win is really really good. Um, he was nine of 11 from the field. All 11 of his shots from the field were threes, um, meaning he was nine of 11 from three, which is absolutely insane. Um, he was eight for eight from the free throw line, which is insane just to get there that many times for his player archetype um, because he got fouled on two threes, I believe. Um, plus to make eight for eight free throws is not easy. Um, so he was out of his mind tonight. He looked like the old Bretons plus a million. Um, he was insane. 35 points, obviously. Like he was a complete difference maker out there. Um, I guess the next person I have to talk about is Beal. Another really good game from Beal. Um, just an incredible shot creator. Like, you know the book on Beal. Um, but he had 10 assists tonight, which is very un... 
like I wouldn't I don't want to say unbeal like, but it's way more than Beal usually gets. Um so a really, really good game from him as a passer. Um so he ended up with twenty five points, eight for twenty shooting, eighty eight um, from the line. So 25 points on 24 shooting possessions is not the greatest night in terms of efficiency, um, but a really good night for him, especially with that assist number. Uh, Russell Westbrook, one of his better games, um, but not a very good game at all. Uh, he had 12 points. Um, the real number to look at in terms of positivity with Russell Westbrook is 12 assists. Um, this is one of his better passing games, just getting into the lane, working in the post, um, especially when they're guarding him with Facundo Campazzo. Um, and then, so 12 points, he ended up. 12 points on 18 shooting possessions is really bad. That's a, what, 67 or 0.67 points per shot. Um, what's that, 33% true shooting? That doesn't sound right, but something like that, and that's just straight up bad. Um, he ended up with 13 rebounds. Most of them are usually uncontested. And then eight turnovers and five fouls. He ended up with a plus minus a zero. Um, I guess that's pretty much it from the Wizards. I get no Neto had a really good game. He had 14 points plus two, um, five of five from the field, three of three from three. Um, he was a difference maker when he came in off the bench. Alex Len, Robin Lopez both had good games defensively against um, Nikola Jokic. Um, also chipped in with 10 and nine points respectively. Um, and that's pretty much it in terms of really strong Wizards games. Um, moving over to the Nuggets, obviously two names stand out. Um, Jamal Murray had 35 points. He absolutely lit up the Wizards late in the game. Um, he was a plus three on the night. Um, 13 for 25, 5 of 10 from three and 4 or 5 at the free throw line. So he ended up with 35 points on 27 and a half shooting possessions, which is really, really good. Um, Jokic had that ridiculous like 15-point first quarter. He slowed down after that, but still ended up with 33 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds. Um, ended up 20 of tw 12 of 21 from the field, um, 3 of 5 from 3, and 6 of 6 at the line. So 33 points on 24 shooting possessions. Also insane efficiency from him. Um, Michael Porter Jr. had 14 points. Not a very good game from him. Um, Jermichael Green was good defensively, only had 9 points. And Facundo Campazzo, was, that was probably the best game I've seen from him. Um, all season long, uh, just really, really good as a distributor, really good as a secondary ball handler, and as a primary ball handler when some guys were out. Um, he ended up with 14 points. Uh, he guarded like Russ Westbrook most of the game um, and did a solid job for someone who's like as short as he is, um, better than I would have expected him to do. Um, so really good game from him. Just going over some of the overview, um, four factors, top line kind of stuff. Um, I don't think this is... Okay, it updated now. Okay, so both teams... Well, why is it not updating when I click on it? Okay, wait. Give me a second. I need to refresh clean the glass. It's refused to update. What is this? Why is it? Oh, it excludes. Okay, whatever. I'm just going to ignore it. So it's a little off for some reason. I don't know why that is. But um, Denver had an offensive rating of 127, and the Wizards had an offensive rating of 125, um, both about 85 percentile. Um, Denver's effective field goal percentage was 61.4. Wizards was 58.3. 386th and 74th percentile, respectively. Wizards, where they won the game, um, just looking at four factors, was getting to the line a ton and getting offensive rebounds. Um, their offensive rebound rate was 5% higher than um, the Nuggets, and their uh, free throw rate was double that of the Nuggets at 32%, which is an incredibly high number. Um, and then just looking at shooting frequencies, the Nuggets didn't get to the rim that much. That's because Jokic doesn't love to get all the way to the rim all the time because his short mid like floater game is so strong. Um, and they also didn't have some of their uh, guys like Barton gets the rim pretty well, like Millsap finishes at the rim a lot. So not having those guys did hurt them in that aspect, but um, not getting through them that much. Wizards got to the rim, not that much either. Um, 
So in terms of three-point shooting, the Nuggets made 80% of their shots at the rim, but they just didn't get there that much. Um, but from three, the Nuggets made 43.2%, and the Wizards made 43.8%, and that's why this game was so fun to watch. Um, both teams were making shots. Both teams were running up and down the court. Um, just looking at transition, <laughs> um, the Wizards' points per 100 possessions in transition was 178 and they ran in transition a lot of times this game, way more than the Wizards usually do. The Nuggets' um, points for 100 possessions in transition was 150, and they ran a good amount. Um, so, again, just things like that make uh, basketball really fun to watch, especially when the Wizards play and they're scoring the ball. Um, yeah, so after, I just, I have to say, after that first quarter, um, I thought it was going to get ugly. At one point, it was 40 to 20, I believe. The quarter ended 41 24. But then the Wizards came back in the second quarter. The second quarter was 46 to 23. Um, and then it was a close game after that. So just an absolutely ridiculous game all around. One of the most exciting games. I'm really excited to have been talking about it for. I'm already 10 minutes in. It feels like I've been talking for three seconds. I didn't even talk about... So going into the game, the, Dem, uh, the Denver Nuggets were 15-12. and 12. Their point differential was plus 3.8, which is 7th in the NBA. Um, they're 6th in offense with an offensive rating of 116.7. Again, I want to say that they're 6th in offense with that offensive rating, and in this game, they were 11 points higher than that. Um, and they were 17th in defense coming into this game with a defensive rating of 112.9, which is going to go down after this one. Um... Yeah, I also have to point out, so the Nuggets were missing three rotation guys, and um, P.J. Dozier, who's usually the second or third guy off the bench for them, and then they were also missing, or um, who were they also missing? Will Barton and Paul Millsap, um, who usually start games for them. Um, so the Wizards played another team missing a bunch of guys, but you know that happens, I guess. Um, also, if Smith is out four or six weeks, I don't want to ever wish injury on someone, but I think that that helps the Wizards in terms of winning basketball games. Um, and so I guess it's just not having Will Barton and not having um, P.J. Dozier really, really left the Nuggets wing rotation short. Um, Michael Porter Jr. started at the three in this game, and then the backup small forward was no one. Um, the Nuggets went to a really interesting like three-guard. They went to some three-guard lineups that were pretty fun to watch, actually, um, with Facundo Campazzo, um, Monte Morris, and Jamal Murray. I don't. I definitely have to look up right now on cleaning the glass how those lineups, or if that lineup's ever played together, because that lineup was fun to watch. And at times, they were playing really well against the Wizards, but at times, like, they, they, that lineup just could not get a stop. Like, and... How could they when you have like Monte Morris rotating over in terms of help defense as like your defensive small forward? Um, it's really rough to get stops to that lineup, but they were scoring the ball really well, especially when um, the Facundo Campazzo, Isaiah Hartenstein pick and roll was working. Um, imagine if I went back a year ago and said that the Facundo Campazzo, Isaiah Hartenstein pick and roll was hurting the Washington Wizards. Um, yeah, that was fun to watch. Facundo Campazzo is. He's just a fun guy to watch. Um, I'm just talking as I pull up these stats from cleaning the glass. Oh, this is interesting. Um, so lineups with Facundo Campazzo, Jamal Murray, and Monte Morris this season have an offensive rating of 136.2 in 69 possessions, which is good for the 100th percentile. And their defense has a defensive rating of 123.3, which is good for the second percentile. So basically exactly what my eye test told me just watching this game is that they can't stop anyone, but they're hard to stop. And um, teams like the Thunder last season have showed in the past that if you have the right three guards on the court, or also the Raptors at times, if you have the right, right three guards on the court, even if they're small, they can just be so hard to stop offensively that you can play like winning basketball. Um, 
and that lineup's really interesting. I wonder if they're going to go to, like, I'd be shocked if they ever go to that in the playoffs. Um, but you never know. I've had fun watching that. Um, yeah, I guess I have to talk about Dallas Bertans, um, shooting nine of 11 from three, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, the Nuggets just didn't have anyone to lock and trail him. Like, teams usually have a quick wing, just lock and trail Bertans. Um, or they have a smaller guard, like not like like a six five six six guard who's just fast, and they just lock and trail, and they just don't really help. Um, the Nuggets didn't really do that tonight, and I, I'm assuming that someone like PJ Dozier would usually do that, but they just didn't have someone like so. If Bertans is out there at the four, and the Nuggets four is like Jermichael Green, and their five is Nikola Jokic. They don't really have the guys to guard him. A lot of times Zeke Naji, like Zeke Naji, spent a lot of time on Daz Rutans, and Zeke Naji, being a rookie, made a lot of rookie mistakes, um, helping too hard off Bertans, especially when the Wizards were in an advantageous situations to begin with. Um, so helping off Bertans is a big no-no if you're an experienced basketball player, which Zeke Naji isn't, um, which is understandable. That's like <laughs> Denny's done that plenty of times this season where he helps off like shooters when he shouldn't be. Um, so rookies have to learn the hard way, I guess. Um, and I guess speaking of rookies, RJ Hampton played seven minutes in this game. It was absolutely terrible. Uh, made a couple offensive mistakes, made a few defensive mistakes. And again, all that in seven minutes. Um, but he's like 19 years old and he's a rookie and he doesn't get that much playing time. So you can't really expect him to do anything out there. Um, yeah, so Bertans was unbelievable tonight. Just moving around, setting screens, being active. Um, he got attacked a ton on the defensive end. Whenever Jokic was out of the game, pretty much every single play from the Nuggets was just Murray has the ball at the top. Whoever um, Bertans is guarding comes and sets a screen for Murray, and they run offense out of that. Um, the Wizards never went to pre-switching it, which is what they have done before in the past when teams are really trying to attack a mismatch, especially with like Westbrook. Um, but... They didn't do that, um, so that's kind of interesting that they didn't go to that. Um, but yeah, Bertans was so unbelievable on offense. Obviously, the leading scorer by a solid margin. Um, and I, I hope this starts a Bertans is good again thing because he hasn't been good this season. Um, I think he's his he's moved his three point percentage up like five points in the past two games because I think he's gone like fourteen for seventeen in the past two games or something, some crazy number like that. Um, he's been really good. Um, and he just completely unlocks the offense being good when he's good. Um, just having someone that's a capable shooter to put next to Westbrook and Beal just really, really helps. Like you've seen it with Garrison Matthews just being a presence off the ball. Like Garrison Matthews isn't to the level of shooter that Bertans is clearly, but Garrison Matthews being on the floor, being someone who's a capable shooter, being someone that makes the defense twice about rotating um, really, really helps. So having someone like Bertans where the defense really, really has to stick onto that guy and be like, wait, we don't want to help off this guy, um, just screwing with the help rotations. That guy really helps. Um, Breton's played 30 minutes tonight. He's finally back to playing more minutes. Um, I hope that continues. Breton, the trend of Breton's playing 30 minutes. Um, yeah, I definitely, so I got to think about it. Uh, Beal had a good night, um, just being active um, and just setting things up for his teammates. Um, the Nuggets, so something interesting that the Nuggets do is that on pick and rolls um, with Jokic as the guy guarding the screener, um, he comes up to the level of the screen and they do like a kind of at the level contain type of thing, um, which is interesting because if you thought about it, like without thinking about it too much, you would think that they would just drop him because he's so slow. Like it seems like quicker guards would be able to turn the corner against that coverage. But um, Jokic is so not vertically good, um, I guess, so to speak, um, that 
you can't just drop him because then dudes will just turn the corner on him anyways and shoot layups or they'll just go right over him and finish. Um, and like the Nuggets have the worst defense at defending um, shots within like three feet of the rim in the league like by a good margin, like other opposing teams are shooting like 70% at the rim against them, which is ridiculous. Um, so Jokic is tough defense. Like the reason that I personally don't think that Jokic is the MVP of this league is because he's not good defensively. Um, last year, he was definitely better defensively than he has been this year. But I think you can make a case that he's like one of the best offensive players in the league. Like he's ridiculous offensively. Um, every time he does like that Sambor shuffle thing, like that's just wild. Um, but yeah, back to Beal. Um, not his best night, but overall solid. Um, I mean, he shot 8 for 20 from the field, which is like, what, 40%? But getting to the line that many times and made him end up with a not terribly efficient night, um, which is really, really positive to see. Um, I'll talk about Neto. I think Neto's straight up better than Ish Smith. Like, he's just better. He gives this team more defensively by so much because he can get around a screen and because he does know what he's doing. And then just get, giving this team someone else that can shoot the ball. And he's competent enough as a ball handler and as an offensive creator that you can put him out there in lineups with, like, Avdia and, like, Beal slash Westbrook, like two other guys that can kind of handle the ball. And that's enough ball handling and enough creation for your team. So I really, really like Neto. Um as a backup point guard, I am trying. To, I'm going to pull up in a second some uh, Washington Wizards. Um, what's it called? Lineup data without um, Ish Smith and with Neto. Super quick because I am interested to see what those lineups look like because sometimes they play together and that is that's just ugly. <laughs> like because they can't guard anyone at the same time and their skill sets are kind of um, redundant. To an extent, um, Ishmith's like the is, thing that Ishmith is better than Neto at is ball handling. Um, oh, okay, so the Neto lineups without Ishmith are actually a point differential minus four point seven. Offense is in the fifty fifth percentile, and defense is in the one or fourteenth percentile. I guess that makes sense um, because some of the lineups that Neto <laughs> has played with has been with Westbrook so much, or been with Abdia, or you know been with those types of guys. So I guess it's hard to judge. Um, and that's part of the reason why lineup data is kind of shaky. Um, so just keep that in mind every time I read off lineup data. Um, lineup data is never just the answer to anything. Otherwise, we wouldn't have all these advanced metrics and stuff, and basketball evaluation wouldn't be so hard. Um, but yeah, I definitely have to talk about um, Robin Lopez and Alex Len. After the first half of or first quarter getting absolutely cooked by Jokic, they came out and did a much better job in the second half. Um, Mova Hogner played three minutes in this game. Jokic scored like eight points in three minutes against Wagner and then they brought in Alex Len and then he cooked Alex Len and then they brought in Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez did a much better job than Alex Len came back in and did a much better job. Um, the Wizards center rotation is really challenging because on any given night any one of these guys can be playing good or be playing really really bad. Like tonight just wasn't Mo Wagner's matchup. Um, really really good job by Scott Brooks on noticing that right away and only playing him three minutes. Um, which is something that coaches usually don't do with a starter. They usually just play him because he's a starter and they started him. Um, but great job from him to just go away from Mo Wagner and great job from Mo Wagner to stay engaged on the bench. That's one of the things I love about Mo Wagner is no matter how many minutes or how few minutes he's playing, he is going to stay engaged in the game and you can't get that from everyone. Um, so I do like that about him. Um, Robin Lopez, Alex Len played good. You, Alex Len had two DNP coaches' decisions in the last two games, which I don't understand fully. But, like, I get it against the Rockets because he doesn't move his feet as well on the perimeter. Um, but you you could say the same about Alex Lent or not or Robin Lopez, so I don't fully get it. Um, but, yeah, that's interesting. 
Um, we're already 21 minutes in, and I, I guess Rui was whatever. Um, Rui didn't really do anything. He's still not confident in his shot. I have trash Rui enough on this podcast, so I'm not going to keep doing it. Oh, Garrison Matthews was like he didn't have the best offensive game, but just his defensive activity is something that I love. I think that Garrison Matthews is really, really good. I think he should be playing 25 minutes a night. I love him in the starting lineup. Um, undefeated as a starter, I think I have to check that. Um, but I think that's right. Um, so I yeah, definitely really like the move of starting Garrison Matthews. And I guess one person I want to talk about, I really want to talk about the Nuggets is Michael Porter Jr. Because he makes so many mistakes and he takes so many bad shots. I think that he's really, really overrated. Um, if Bradley Beal gets traded, I do not want Michael Porter Jr. on the Wizards, if we're being completely honest. Also, he he's not good at defense at all. Um, so just the combination of taking a lot of bad shots and... Um, not playing defense. I don't want that guy on my team. I understand why people like him so much, but I think it, I feel like you just have to watch him play more to understand where I'm coming from. Because every time I watch him play, I kind of have the same thought of why do people think this guy is one of the most valuable players out there? Like, I just personally don't get it, especially combine that with his coachability issues, his personality issues, and his back issues to be frank I don't understand why people think he's so valuable if I don't think he's even close to enough um in a Beal like as a cornerstone of a Beal trade I just don't get it I don't think he's more valuable than tons of guys out there um that the Wizards could possibly trade for if they trade away Beal so that's my Michael Porter Jr. take um I guess I really like Jermichael Green that's my (laughs) Jermichael Green take um, I like Gary Harris, but he didn't play well tonight at all. Um, he guarded Beal, though, and he did a respectable job on him. And that is really his role. But he needs to find his jump shot. Like, he shot so well his first year in the league, and then it's just fallen off after that. And you can tell he's not confident at all in his shot. Like, And his shot's not even ugly. Like, he has solid mechanics. Um, but it's just not falling at all for him. He was over 3 on the night. I kind of feel bad for him because I I do definitely like him. And he completely changed that, like, he completely changed that Jazz series last year when he came in. Um, to guard uh, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I guess that, that's the end of my Gary Harris take. Um, Bull Bull didn't play at all. Also, Bull Bull, I don't understand why people think he's an asset at all. Bull Bull can't, like, he doesn't know what he's doing out there. Um, that's my Bull Bull take. Okay, I'm done with um, uh, Nuggets, hot takes. Um, so what I do um, definitely want to talk about, though, is, well, okay, first of all, I'll go through my notes. I have some Russell Westbrook notes I want to get to at the very end of this pod. Um, this is going to end up running a little long, but this was like the best game of the year, so I'm cool with that. Um, in the first quarter, I made a note that said, the Nuggets talent level is just so much higher than the Wizards, it's pretty crazy. Um, that didn't age well in two hours. <laughs> Yeah, but the Nuggets' talent level is a lot higher than the Wizards, and they didn't have Millsap or Barton. I will just, I'll put that out there. Um, oh, the first quarter was so, near the end of the first quarter, like um, Jamal Murray missed a free throw, and Lopez tipped it into his own basket, and I said that that perfectly summed up the quarter, and it's going to sum up the rest of the game. That didn't end, that didn't age well either. I thought this was going to end up being a blowout and end up being a really, really great Wizards win. Um yeah, something that was interesting was that when um, Bertans was getting picked on by Jamal Murray in the pick and roll, um, Bertans was hard hedging, and a few times Murray was able to split that, um, so Bertans has to be able to work on that because if you get split and when you run that pick and roll coverage, you kind of just get killed. Like, you're just left with a four on two on the back, or four on three in the back line, and it's not, that's not good. Um and Breton's help defense tonight was terrible, but he was so good offensive. Like, it's one of those things where Bradley Beal's help defense is awful, but his offense is so good that it's okay. That was 
Bertans tonight. Um, let's see what else I wrote in here. Uh, I wrote about the Wizards pushing the ball. Um, let's see, Nuggets. Oh, so something that so one set that the Nuggets run like every single time was like a wedge screen where Murray comes out from the corner to set a screen on on Nikola Jokic at the top of the key. Uh, Jokic comes down and then they run a punch action where it's just a post up for Jokic. Um, Jokic loves to work from the right side of the floor, which is interesting. Um, like I know he does do that, but it's interesting because usually righties like to work on the left side of the floor. So then they can go over their left shoulder and shoot with the right hand. And also it opens up passing lanes, but I like Jokic is just so good that he can work on whatever side of the floor he wants, but he does love that right side, which is really weird for a righty. Um, he also wrote, so they run a ton of horns, um, which is really hard to stop because uh, it can flow into so many things with Jokic at the elbow because you can just give it to him and just run tons of off-ball actions. Um, you can give it to him into a handoff with Jamal Murray. Um, he can just come set a screen for Jamal Murray, run a pick and roll or pick and pop. Like that flow offense with, in, out of horns is really effective. It's really cool to watch. Um, I love Mike Malone. I think he's like one of the five, six best coaches in the league. I think he definitely proved that in last year's playoffs. Um Oh, yeah, so, so out of the first half, there was an interesting action where it was a stack pick and roll with Bradley Beal setting the back screen for Len. Um, Len got a good look. Um, he forced the Nuggets into rotation. Um, it was Michael Porter Jr. in rotation, and he ended up fouling Len. He got to the line, um, and I really like that play design. I think there was need to run a lot more of that because it's a pretty simple design, too, that a lot of teams run. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going through my notes to make sure... Um, oh, so Campazzo on Russ, Russell Westbrook. I thought that was interesting because they don't want to put Monte Morris or Michael Porter Jr. on him. Um, Campazzo did a really good job just in general for him being literally like 5'9 <laughs> and guarding Russell Westbrook. Overall, forcing Russell Westbrook to have not a very good offensive game in terms of scoring. Um, but the Nuggets had to help a lot and it allowed uh, Westbrook to have a pretty good passing game. Um, oh yeah, and so... Something that was really funny during the game, um, if any of you follow John Hollinger, he used to work for the Memphis Grizzlies. He invented PER, all that, blah, blah, blah. Um, he tweeted during the game, um, has anyone, like after like Garrison Matthews made a bunch of hustle plays and made a three, he tweeted, has anyone ever signed a max contract off of a two-way contract? And that's kind of how I feel about Garrison Matthews. Like Garrison Matthews has to be one of the great two-way players of all time. Like I've, I'm not going to lie. Um, he is good for a two-way guy. Um, I already talked about the pin down handoff thing and oh Denver near the end of the game started like they ran like three times in a row where they ran different a variety of actions with Murray setting a screen for Jokic those all looked really good I don't know like a few times they got a switch with Jokic on like Westbrook um sometimes it led to miscommunication with um Murray popping out for an open shot like that those actions look really good I don't understand why they don't do that more and why they like wait till the fourth quarter to run that kind of stuff um maybe saving it for later. I don't know, but um, those actions looked really good. And at the end of this really fun podcast, so today I was kind of playing around with a bunch of the NBA.com advanced numbers. Um, I feel like some people have asked me like why I think Russell Westbrook is so like playing so bad this season. So I kind of, I or not kind of, I definitely want to put it into context um, for people or just put it out there in a um, quant quantitative way um, for why I think Russell Westbrook has been so awful this season. Um, and of course, it starts with points per shot. He's in the 19th percentile now at 95.6 um, points per 100 shots. Um, and then turnover rate, he's in the 11th percentile at a 16.7 turnover rate. So those numbers are really, really bad. Um, 
And then I'm going to go into some of the NBA. These next few stats I'm going over are from NBA.com Advanced Stats. They're publicly available. Anyone can find them if they do the research. Um, Russell Westbrook is shooting 33% on shots out of post-ups, which is god-awful. That is a That would lead to an offensive rating of 66, which would be like the worst offensive rating ever by like 50. Um, Russell Westbrook is in the 9.8th percentile in isolation um, with 6, 0.64 points per possession, which is really, really bad to be in the bottom 10 percentile in any statistic. And he is third in the league in frequency for isolations. Um, and he's, remember, 9.8th percentile in isolations. Um, Russell Westbrook is shooting 25.6% on wide open threes, hence why teams leave him so wide open, and hence why he should never shoot a wide open three. That is about, um, what, 0.76 something points per shot, 0.77 points per shot, or which is bad. Um, when Westbrook touches the ball for six or more seconds, his effective field percentage is 32.6%, which is in points per shot of about 0.652, um, which is really, 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 really bad. Um, when Russell Westbrook is near a shooter within six feet of the rim, they shoot 14.3% better than expected. Um, within 10 feet of the rim, it's 12.7% better than expected, and 7.8% better than expected, greater than 15 feet of the rim, which is all very, very bad. Um, kind of a testament to how bad his defense has been this season, but again, for defense, it's hard to measure. You really have to watch the games. And one of the beautiful th- beautiful things about the internet today is that we have tons of advanced metrics um, trying to measure players' actual impact on the game. Um, a lot of them are good, and Owen Phillips has been doing really, really interesting stuff on Twitter where he's been posting things of comparing all the advanced stats. Um, and Russell Westbrook came up, obviously, um, after he played John Wall. So these, I'm going to end the podcast with this um, for where Russell Westbrook ranks in all the advanced metrics. Um, he is in the 44th percentile in box plus minus, which is basketball references version of a adjusted plus minus model. Um, he is in the 34th percentile of EPM. He is in the 48th percentile of LeBron, which is um, kind of replacing the PIPM metric on basketball index. Um, He is in the 23rd percentile in net rating. He's in the 6th percentile in Raptor, which is 538th version of um, regular adjusted plus minus. Um, He is in the 47th percentile of RPM, which is from ESPN. He's in the 5th percentile of RAPM, which is from NBAShots.com. And he's in the 13th percentile of WPA. Um, so if you were paying attention during that, you would know that that's awful. He's in the bottom 50th percentile in all of these metrics, which means that he's not even playing close to the level of a starter. Um, none of these metrics pin him as a starter. None of them. And I just listed off, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight metrics. And none of them pin him as a starter. Um, most of them pin him as one of the worst players in the league. Um, and then like Raptor pins him as like, like literally like, I don't know, like Anthony Simons, like Kevin Knox rookie year, like Kevin Knox in his rookie year was really bad. Um, Raptor pins his impact as, as bad as that. Um, these numbers are really, really eye opening and really, really awful. Um, and if the Wizards, like the Wizards have run, won three games in a row. If they want to get where they want to be, they need Westbrook to be better than that. Um, they need him to be better than one of the most negative impact players in the league um, by some metrics and by other metrics 
uh, the average rotation player at best. Um, so neither of those are good at all. Um, they need him to be better. Uh, I hate to end this really fun podcast on such a negative note, but those are just the numbers. I need to say it because Wisdom play again until Saturday. Um, and Westbrook didn't have the best game tonight either. He's only had like two good games all season. So hopefully that informs you on why Russell Westbrook should have zero all-star votes. I don't know why he's ninth in guards, but he hasn't been good this season, but awesome win for the Wizards. They're 3-0 now. Their next game's on Saturday. I want to look up who it's against super quick. Um... Wizards schedule. So the next game Saturday at 10 p.m. against the Trailblazers. So I'm going to have a podcast coming out late that night or the next day, something like that. Um, so definitely check out that game. Um, yeah, that's going to be a fun one to see how the Wizards guard <laughs> Damian Lillard. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. I'll see you next time.